Off the ball with thanks to Ford. Drive for the line with the new Ford Cougar Titanium Plus. If you want to drive a real SUV, it's time to drive a Cougar. Ford, go further. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game! Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Yes, yes, yes. U.S. sports. Donny Mahoney of Balls Dolly. I almost said Donny Mahoney. Oh, I know how much you love that. Well, you got one, one out of two ain't bad, Adrian. <laughs> one, out of, one out of two ain't bad. Hey, remember the last time we did this, me and you? Yeah, what happened? We blasphemed uh, oh, we did, yeah. the Christian golfers, and we ended up in a homily in uh, Temple Moor somewhere. <laughs> so if that priest is listening tonight, yeah. well, we have no Please Christian messages. But yeah. um, I think we still roughly, I certainly still feel the same way that I felt back then. I wasn't really sort of, whoever we had on that night didn't blow me away to think that I need to change my mind on this thing. But I, I'm with you. Um, the last time we spoke, Donnie, we were in the bleachers at Fenway Park. Yeah. I'm sort of stretching it a little bit, but... No, but more or less. Yeah? More or less. It was, what, September of this year, and we were there in beautiful Fenway Park. Two people were getting married while we were getting a stadium tour of Fenway Park. It was the weirdest thing. It was it was bizarre in the extreme. The, the Fenway Park and George... George... John W. Henry have uh, yeah. opened up the stadium like no other stadium has been opened up before. I mean, it's hosting Hurling, obviously, uh, yeah. somewhat well, later this year. Hurling and weddings. You, you had to be there. It was like... We, we were trying to get... I think it was the last tour of the day and the, and the tour guides were sort of... They were a bit like, look, we're just going to have to kind of keep you away from this wedding party that's going on right in the stadium. (laughs) They were doing the thing where where they go, right, this stinks. Yeah. Um, But we're not going to fully tell you how much it stinks, but we're going to have to sort of tailor your... It was kind of weird. The the people who were getting married clearly were quite wealthy people. And we had the national anthem before the thing got underway. And and the lineups were announced and the best (laughs) man. It was like like being in a baseball game. It was Sweet Caroline was saying the Red Sox eighth inning anthem. Um, but look, I took some great things from that experience, such as what a beautiful place Fenway Park is on a mm. on a beautiful Saturday evening. Well, that's it? just your optimistic outlook yeah. in life. Look, you have to find the beauty in life, you know. It does lead us into our nicely our first topic of the night. Adrian, we were talking about baseball last week. I don't know if you heard it. We were looking ahead to this World Series, the New York Mets and the Kansas City Royals. It started this day week. Things had been going really, really well for the New York Mets. Mm. So well, in fact, that you wondered, were things going to go wrong somewhere? Because you, every bounce of the ball seemed to be going their way. They were a team, you know, an average enough team going into the playoffs. But something happened. Magic. They, they had struck fire, you know. Mm. And then they, they, they arrived in the World Series, their first one since the uh, Subway Series of 2000. And everything went wrong for them. And they bottled basically every opportunity they were they lost the series on Sunday night in five games and I don't think I've ever seen it in a World Series before three of the four games they lost they led in the eighth inning mm. Adrian baseball is a nine inning game even I can understand that you with me here I'm with you they're going into the last inning or the second to last inning in some cases ahead 
and everything went wrong, and it was their own dudes, their players, who screwed up. Like the 80th minute on their head. And it wasn't just one game, and it wasn't just one meltdown, but they found they invented new kinds of ways, and this is the pressure of World Series baseball. You know, it's, it's the teams that don't screw up, mm. that kind of, that can keep their, that do the little things right, and that's what the Kansas City Royals are. Now, look, the Royals are a great story, Mid, Midwestern team, low budget. But um, really the takeaway from this World Series is, wow, the mess choked. And Frank Thomas, a, uh, a Fox uh, sports analyst, former White Sox player, put it very succinctly mm. after they were eliminated Sunday night. Let's hear the clip. The Mets have nothing to hold their heads down for, except they didn't play that well, and they gave away this World Series. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that sums things up quite nicely and uh, gives the opportunity to introduce uh, David Wallstein, who covers baseball for the New York Times, to the conversation. Good evening, David. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Adrian, but that's okay. Um, I'm I'm happy enough with that comparison. That'll do. He's a two-time PPI you, sports I, broadcaster of the year. I said, gentlemen. I heard gentlemen too, <laughs> ah, Adrian. Right. See, bit, that's my subcontious, David. Just doing yeah, overtime there. He's got an ego. Well, here. If you want to, if, if you're denying you're a gentleman, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> David. Uh, Donnie sort of uh, summarised this thing, and he said that the uh, Mets invented new kinds of ways of eking out defeat here. What happened? I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it was it was staggering. I I agree with everything you said except for the word choke. Oh, uh, because they were they were a real underdog going in. Uh, they never really had it. It wasn't like say the Red Sox in 1986 when they were they were one strike away from winning the World Series and then they then they choked up. This is just I don't know. It's just. I, I also agree it was kind of magical going into the World Series and then like Cinderella, I mean everything turned to a big old pumpkin and they and they it, it just fell apart. I mean they made so many mistakes. I point to the very first pitch that the Mets threw in the whole World Series from their ace Matt Harvey. First pitch, first inning, game one gets hit for an inside the park home, which is inc- home run, which is incredibly rare. But what happened was the ball's going in the outfield. It was a catchable ball, and the center fielder sort of he thought he was going to run in the left fielder. He held up, and the ball hit his leg, and he sort of kicked it forward. And it was the and the Royals took advantage, and they took advantage of every single mistake the Mets made. They made it uh, their their hero third baseman David Wright booted a ball in the 14th inning of that game, which led to the Royals winning. Then in game. Daniel Murphy, who was on a magical run, hit, hit set a record by hitting uh, home runs in six consecutive postseason games. He flubbed the ball um, in the eighth inning that allowed the uh, Royals to tie it. And then in game five, Lucas Duda, their, their kind of lummoxy first baseman, threw a ball away, which allowed them to tie it in that game. And the Royals, they, they ended up winning them all. It was crazy. Uh, Raheem Sterling has put Man City one up at Sevilla. Um, just in terms of the overall outlook of the season, David, there was lots of speed bumps along the road uh, for the Mets this season. Uh, season trades falling through, injuries, they had cases involving performance-enhancing drugs and all these Tommy John uh, surgeries that I was reading about. Are they things that ultimately took their toll or um, is it just that little bit of magic or that thing that lives in the ether that we um, that ultimately did for them? No, I... 
you, you got to look at the perspective of, of the whole season and really the previous nine seasons. The Mets have been terrible for a long time. They're trying to rebuild, and nobody expected them to go to the World Series, and few really even expected them to make the playoffs. So it was a it was a huge overreach. I mean, this is you know this is like Watford getting the FA Cup final and then and then getting blown you know not blown out but say losing three to nothing in a game that was a lot closer than that it was the 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 you know the in the email you guys sent me uh you were talking about how the the tabloids were kind of harsh on the Mets and it's true they they I mean I think in the long-term perspective this is a really positive season for the Mets and I'm no Mets fan believe me but they 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 far exceeded expectations really overall it's a feel good season for them uh, Dave, what's a what's New York like um, during a Mets World Series, and how does that compare to a Yankees World Series? I'm like, I'm just wondering. The Mets have been so bad for so long, really. Um, is it, it when you're covering these games? Is Shea or the City Field? Is that is that is it? Or is there a much different feel than you get at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Yankee. You know, in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, when the Yankees were really good. It was pretty exciting to be in the city around that time of the year, and it became kind of routine. Uh, the Mets recaptured that excitement, and it was, you know, it per- what's the word? It, it, it pervaded everywhere. Uh, everybody was talking about. It, everybody was watching. It's tough because people have to stay up late, but it was it was very exciting. And and you know, but again, because the the Mets are sort of this scrappy underdog team, I think a lot of people were able to get behind them and root for them. They have a manager who's great. He's sort of this old-school baseball guy, very honest, very forthcoming, self-deprecating, really funny. So it's just, it was, it was you couldn't help but kind of root for them. Uh, and, and, and yeah, the whole city got behind them. Um, and, 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 and they're going to continue to be good. A lot of their players, their best players, are very young. So they're going to continue to be good. David, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. By the way, I played baseball at Fenway Park once when uh, wow. we have a media we have a media game every year, and uh, that was quite a thrill because I grew up in Boston. We weren't allowed on the grass. We weren't allowed to even look oh. at the grass. Grass is nice. Grass <laughs> is nice. <laughs> Thanks, David. David Waldstein okay. uh, of the New York Times. Thanks a lot for that. Two stories we want to get to, Donny. One of them, Grantland. For people who don't know, most people will. A brilliant trove of interesting sports writing. I was reading a question. It's been shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, a Q&A with the editor today our former editor now Chris Connolly saying that it wasn't making money there was a new commercial reality um, it kind of felt like that if that's a site that can't turn a dollar there is not much room for the kind of long form that type of sports journalist digitally yeah you would I mean you would we would have you'd have to wonder if you see the kind of stuff I mean I I am involved in the internet publishing world yes, and I, I, I can talk uh, at arm's length about that but in 2011, ESPN, the world's biggest sports media company, decided to go all in uh, on basically trying to keep Bill Simmons, their sort of internet guy, uh, on board. And they decided, here, we're going to just give you a web page and you can hire anybody you want and you have no commercial mandate. Yeah, You don't have to make any money. ESPN is a company that spends, uh, I, think they, I think the NBA rights cost them $1 billion. Yeah. I think the NFL costs them about $8 billion. Uh, so... Just keep Grandland. Like, yeah, you, there, there's all of these things to weigh up. 
they might I think they over they might have overextended themselves and once Simmons left it was uh it was sort of I don't know if it was ever really viable without yeah. him. He was the sort of he was a driving force, the, the kind of he had, he let he kept the flame going, and also something that people don't really talk about is he would have been a massive driver of traffic and people to the site. Mm. He's he's canned, and uh, the, you know I don't I just think they their revenue would have just dropped in tandem. Now the, it's worrying for ESPN because it it signals a retreat from doing actual quality journalism reporting blogging whatever you want to call it they they mm. seem to have really maybe 3 or 4 years ago decided they were going to get into all this sort of vanity publishing and doing really interesting stuff that was going to just sit alongside you know um some of the dumber stuff that they do and they do a lot of dumb stuff mm. like on Monday morning or t- yeah on Monday morning the the quarterback of the uh of the Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers one of the best players uh, in the NFL, he'd had a bad game against Denver Sunday night, and they were having a debate on on ESPN: Is Aaron Rodgers a terrible player? <laughs> this kind of thing, you know. And and this is so somebody said that in a meeting, and nobody went. That's a that's yeah. really daft idea. No, they were like, look, how can we make how can we get this more more airtime? You yeah. know. And so that's what that's that's what most of the ESPN programming is. Grantland was sort of a niche thing that was probably expensive to run. Um, ESPN laid off 300 people last week, so yeah. there's a you know there's there's commercial realities, and it's probably right the days of of somebody just bankrolling great writing I think are are over. I would not disagree with that. Uh, they have kept the name. We shall see what happens there. We, I'm going to get killed for this, but uh, Des Bryant, the star receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, a nation's team, Donny, as I discovered, they were called during That's the week. That's true. Yeah, he's acquired himself a baby monkey. Yeah, he's one of these Capuchin monkeys. You might remember. Uh, 2013, Justin Bieber adopted a cute little monkey. I do not remember that. Well, Germany seized it off him and made him pay eight grand to sort of rehome it. Um, Des Bryant popped up on Instagram last week with a monkey called Dallas, named after his home team. <laughs> I mean, it's a very cute monkey. Yeah. But Peter, they didn't like They're the monkey. Happy. They're not happy. They, no. I'd say they love the monkey. They just don't like where the monkey's living. They don't currently. think that NFL players should have pet monkeys. Now, NFL players have a lot of... Uh, Interesting pets, cheetahs, mm. um, snakes. This monkey is kind of on the cuter side of the spectrum, but maybe these animals belong in their native habitat. I don't know. This is a big running thing. This this afternoon, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, went on uh, radio in Dallas, and he said he likes monkeys. So that's that's so pretty I, much uh, yeah. Somebody not, should t- tell Des Bryant this monkey is not going to be a baby forever. I did read one quote. Uh, from the Cowboys coach Jason Garrett I have not met Dallas uh, I've heard stories that he has a monkey there's been visual evidence of that Yeah, that's probably the most American thing that anybody has ever said <laughs> well, it sounds about right <laughs> I mean you know because Des Bryant he's, he's one of the biggest blowhards in the, uh, in the NFL and the sight of this little monkey in his hand it really kind of softens him up he was trying to rebrand himself maybe but I, I think he's going to lose this battle Donnie, we're way, way, way over time, but this texts are in before we wrap up for today. I forgot today was Tuesday till I heard the very lovely Donnie. More of him and his American cheer, please, okay. says this unnamed texter. Well, next week, lots of optimism. I second that. Lots more after these. Off the ball. Getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite car brand, Ford. Go further.